Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Kids Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. And here's Mabel with a funny joke. Hello, my name is Mabel. I live in Pacifica, California. I am five years old, and I love the Mermaid series, Mermaid Ariel, and I love how you do all of the voices. And I also love um, Momo Takes a Bright Part too, and... I have a mermaid joke. What do cowgirls mermaids ride on? A seahorse. Goodbye. <laughs> a seahorse. I love it. Thanks for that joke, Mabel. On to some shout-outs. Avid listener Ronan spends his free time leaping over tall buildings in a single bound with his epic jumping abilities. He's also a great artist. Thanks for sharing your drawing with me, Ronan, and thanks for listening. Porter, Everett, and Layla from Calgary like to throw wild animal birthday parties in their free time. Recently, they threw a party for a 15-year-old beaver, and they found out the hard way that bobcats really don't like clowns. Thanks for listening, you three. Listener Teddy from San Diego flies above the city with wings made of cotton candy, landing sometimes on the Golden Gate Bridge to just take it all in and relax. Just don't snack on those wings while you're up there, Teddy, or you won't have a way to get down. Jacob and Charlotte Lang from Melrose, Massachusetts, just opened a trampoline park for mice. It's called Squeak Squeak Boing Boing, and it's a great place to take all your little rodent friends for a fun time. Good job, Jacob and Charlotte, and thanks for listening. Anne Juniper from Orlando, Florida, has been training to become a ninja. I figure Master Momo will give her a call soon enough about starting up the Orlando Dojo, and she can assemble her own team of ninjas to help her patrol Florida. Good luck with the dojo, Juniper, and thanks for listening. Now on to today's episode titled, A Weekend at Hooper's Part 2. Last time, on Part 1, Atlas and Lily were being chased through an abandoned mine by dangerous and angry little teddy bear-sized cave bears when Lily decided to take matters into her own hands. Lily knew they wouldn't make it back to the entrance, and she decided to take a risk. She stopped running so abruptly that her feet skidded on the cave floor. Dust swirled up from the ground. Lily turned and faced the angry cave bears. She breathed deep and yelled out as loud as she could, Stop! 
At the sound of her voice, the little cave bears all slid to a stop as well. There was just enough moonlight still filtering through the tunnel that Atlas and Lily could see them there, standing with claws bared and little growls coming from their mouths. Lily slowly slid her backpack off her shoulders and set it on the ground in front of her. She didn't make any sudden movements, and the bears just stood watching. What are you doing? whispered Atlas, who was frozen, standing next to Lily. I'm trying something, she said. Slowly, Lily unzipped the top of her bag, knelt down, and slowly she reached inside and pulled out a chocolate bar. A snack? Now? Have you lost your marbles, Lily? asked Atlas. Lily said nothing. She unwrapped the chocolate bar and all the bears began sniffing, their little bear noses all scrunched up and lifted into the air a bit. Lily broke off a piece of the chocolate bar and held it out to the bears. One of the bears took a step forward, and then another step and another, until it was able to reach and take the chocolate from Lily. The bear shoved its clawed paw toward Lily and she pulled the chocolate back toward her a bit. She said, Gentle, gentle little bear. Lily slowly stuck her arm out again toward the bear and the bear seemed to understand. It slowly extended its arm and gently took the chocolate from Lily. The bear popped the chocolate into its mouth and smiled. A deep grumble came from its belly. Then the other bears stepped forward slowly, their paws extending gently, hoping for some chocolate. I sure hope you brought some chocolate, Atlas, said Lily, because I only have this one bar. Very slowly, Atlas slid his backpack off his shoulders and took out the chocolate bars he had packed. Atlas and Lily didn't go far without a few sweets. Soon, the little cave bears surrounded Atlas and Lily, gently accepting little squares of chocolate one at a time until all the chocolate was gone. The bears stood around watching Atlas and Lily, waiting for them to reach into their bags for more. Atlas and Lily looked at each other and very slowly began zipping up their bags. They slid the bags back up onto their shoulders and slowly stood up. So, do we just leave? Lily asked Atlas. I don't know, this was all your idea, said Atlas. But yeah, let's try and just leave. Nice and slow this time. And so, Atlas and Lily walked through the dark caves, being sure not to make any sudden movements. But the scratching sound of little teddy bear claws didn't go away, and Lily looked behind her to see the little bears all following them. They're following us, Lily whispered to Atlas. He turned and noticed the same thing. I bet they want more chocolate, said Atlas. Do we have any back at the shop? Nope, said Lily. But we'll deal with that when we get there, I guess and the little bears scuffled along through the cave tunnels right behind them the entire way. Lily and Atlas loosened up a bit, as it seemed like the bears were calmer now. They reached the cave entrance and walked out into the bright moonlight, their legs swishing through the tall grass, and the bears still followed them, like so many little puppies following their new owners. Some of the little cave bears even ran ahead of them, toward the back door of the coffee shop. They know where we're going, said Atlas. They're pretty smart, I think. And so it went that the entire group, Lily, Atlas, 
and about 20 little cave bears made it to the back door of Hooper's Goofball's coffee shop together. Lily and Atlas stood on the steps in front of the door. Atlas turned to the bears and said, Well, this is us. Here. We live here, so we're going inside now. Uh, we've had a nice little walk with you guys, so we'll see you around, I guess. The bears didn't move. They stood staring at Lily and Atlas, little smiles now plastered on their little bear faces. They want to come in, you know, said Lily. Of course I know that, said Atlas. But once they're inside and they find out that there's no more chocolate, they're going to attack us again. I don't think so, said Lily. I think earlier they were just scared and that's why they chased us. All right, how about this, said Atlas. If we let them in and they get all growly and chompy, we run out the front door and lock them inside and get help from some of the townspeople. Lily nodded in agreement and they entered the coffee shop and a bunch of little cave bears came waddling in behind them. The bears wandered about for a minute. They went into the pantry where they got chocolate when they broke in the other night. But of course, there was no more chocolate since they stole all of it and ate it all in an abandoned mine. Some of them kept following Lily and Atlas around, expecting them to start handing out more chocolate. Atlas and Lily went about the business of cleaning up the kitchen and getting ready to open the next morning. Soon, the bears became agitated, and one of them, the one who first took the chocolate from Lily in the cave, the one who seemed like the leader of the group, this little leader bear, stood in front of Lily looking angry. He furrowed his brow and bared his teeth and growled deeply. No, thank you, said Lily firmly to the bear. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. We'd maybe have some chocolate for you if you hadn't stolen all of it the other night. The bear huffed and puffed a bit and stomped its little paws on the ground. No moping, mister, said Lily. Here, try this. And Lily got down on her knees to be closer to the little cave bear. Lily placed her hands on her belly and breathed deep, feeling her tummy rise and fall with each breath. She took the bear's paws and gently placed them on its own tummy. Like this, she said. Then she continued taking deep breaths, and the little bear began to do the same. And then all the bears followed along, breathing deep and feeling every breath fill their lungs. Soon things were calmer in the kitchen. The bears were relaxed, and Atlas and Lily had cleaned and prepared the place for the next morning. So it's not looking like these bears are going anywhere, said Atlas. Something tells me they're going to stay here, huh? Well, they are kind of our responsibility now, aren't they? said Lily. Of course not, said Atlas. They're bears that live in caves. They're covered in crusty chocolate and dirt and probably fleas, too. But, well, I guess they are pretty cute and they, they seem to have calmed down. Excellent, said Lily. Well, then it's decided. I bet we could fit six of them in your bed. Atlas raised his eyebrows and began to argue before realizing that Lily was joking. Very funny, he said. Let's scrub these little furballs in the shower and try and get some sleep. Lily and Atlas took the bears to their grandpa's apartment upstairs. They scrubbed them clean and laid out blankets on the floor for them to sleep on. They were all so exhausted, completely empty after such a big night. Lily and Atlas dragged themselves out of bed the next morning, still tired from their adventure only hours ago. The little bears were already awake. 
laying about Grandpa Hooper's living room like it was their own place. We can't leave them up here all day, said Atlas. They'll make a mess of the place. Lily agreed, and the little bears followed them down to the coffee shop. They actually proved to be quite helpful and were fast learners. There was no chocolate to distract them, and they helped mix ingredients for scones and croissants and donuts. They even took food to the customers sitting out front. Soon, word got around that cute little bear creatures were serving food and drinks at Hooper's, and the entire town turned out. What was supposed to be another tired Sunday ended up being the busiest Lily and Atlas had ever seen their grandpa's shop. The front was packed, and customers were enjoying their food and drink all along the front of the store on Main Street. They kept baking pastries and making coffee and tea, and the little bears helped out. Lily and Atlas were so busy that they didn't have time to wonder what Grandpa was going to say when he got back and saw the shop filled with customers and teddy bears. Around dinner time, Atlas was working the front desk, taking orders. Another customer stepped forward, and without looking up, Atlas said, Welcome to Hooper's Goofballs. What can I get you? Why is my coffee shop full of tiny bears? said the man. And Atlas knew the voice. He looked up to see his Grandpa Hooper standing there with a confused look on his face. Grandpa, said Atlas in surprise. And hearing Atlas, Lily came out from the kitchen. Grandpa, she said. Well, well, we... The thing is, it all started last night. Um, when... Well, they're harmless, really. Atlas and Lily stumbled through some words and phrases, not really sure how to begin to explain. Take a breath, said Grandpa. Relax. The kids took a few deep breaths, and Atlas began. All right, Grandpa, the other night something broke into the shop and stole all the chocolate. We decided to investigate ourselves and found these little guys in an abandoned mine nearby, and they really like chocolate, and we gave them showers last night, and they're actually pretty helpful. See? Here, watch. Ramon? Ramon, could you get Grandpa here a croissant? Atlas called out to a nearby cave bear. The little bear waddled over to the pastry case and took out one soft, crispy croissant. The little cave bear, whose name was Ramon, apparently, walked out from behind the pastry case and threw the croissant, and it hit Grandpa Hooper right in the face. No, 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 said Atlas. Gentle, Ramon, gentle, remember? The little bear grunted and nodded and waddled over to the croissant laying on the floor and picked it up and gently handed it to Grandpa Hooper. See? Ramon's a quick learner, said Atlas. They all are. And the customers love them, said Lily. See? Grandpa Hooper turned and surveyed the shop to see customers gladly accept pastries and coffees from the little bears, giving them head scratches and bites of their food as if they were beloved family pets. And he looked out the front window at a large crowd of customers there on Main Street. You named it Ramon? Grandpa asked Atlas. Yeah, uh, there's Ramon, Joey, Marky, Tommy, Dee Dee, Richie, Johnny, CJ, and there's some others that don't have names just yet, said Atlas. Grandpa Hooper was surprised to return home to a coffee shop full of tiny little cave bears and what was likely a record number of customers. It was a lot to process, but most importantly, Atlas and Lily were safe and they seemed to have taken care of things pretty well while he was away. Well... Get me a coffee and an apron and I'll start helping out, said Grandpa. For the remainder of the day, Grandpa and the kids and the cave bears tended to the customers who kept coming and coming. Word got out, 
and in the following days people from nearby towns all came to visit Hooper's, excited to be served by cute little cave bears. This ended up being one of the most exciting and memorable trips to Grandpa Hooper's that Atlas and Lily ever made, and to this day, a big family of cave bears will greet you at the door if you ever make a trip to Hooper's Goofballs. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. And, as usual, I've got some quick shout-outs here at the end. Wylan Lyons sent in a great drawing of a tree beast. Thanks for that, Wylan. You're awesome. Everest from North Carolina has drawn nearly every character from the Valleytown series, and they are great. You're awesome, Everest. Remy from Victoria, British Columbia has submitted a number of excellent drawings, and I appreciate them all. Thanks so much, Remy. You're awesome. And Millie and her little brother Oscar enjoy the stories. Millie sends in so many amazing drawings. You two are totally awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adios.